Today, we're chatting with entrepreneur and best-selling author Mike Alden about what it takes to make it in publishing, massively succeeding through grit and integrity, and the true power behind what he calls connection capital. You definitely don't want to miss this one, so don't you change that dial or drop that phone. We're about to level it up and shatter the mold. Question. In a world where groupthink is the norm, others want what you've earned, and thinking for yourself will get a target painted on your back, how do you flip the script and level up your business, your money, relationships, your health, your status, and your life? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Shatter the Mold. Andrew S. Kaplan, really excited to be here with you today. We've got an awesome, awesome guest. Before we get there, though, quick update on my book, The Last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read. Thanks to everyone who continues to buy the book. Thanks to everyone leaving those five-star rave reviews. Thank you to everyone emailing me, letting me know how you're liking the content and, more importantly, how you are implementing it. And also thanks to all the new YouTube subscribers for the channel in support of the book. Uh, I'm up to 1,900 subscribers right now, so that's 100 away from 2,000. Really looking forward to hitting that milestone and going from there. Um, and obviously, you know, super grateful for all the publicity that the book has received so far, whether it's that interview in Yahoo from last year or the articles this year in USA Today and Forbes. And if you want to check out the book for yourself, now's the time. You can just feel free to go to lastlawofattractionbook.com. That'll auto-forward you to the Amazon listing where you can get it in Kindle or paperback or audiobook if you prefer. But if you don't want to plot your wallet, that's cool as well. You can go to that YouTube channel I was just telling you about. That's youtube.com slash andrewcap. I feature Law of Attraction experts, I teach new methods, and I have a few other fun surprises there as well. So whichever link, whether it's lastlawofattractionbook.com or youtube.com slash andrewcap, I hope you find value either way. With that said, let's go into today's interview. I'm going to switch up microphones and we're going to have our conversation with Mike. All right, I'm, I'm really pumped for today. Uh, my guest turned a five-cent can deposit into a multi-million dollar company. He's the number one best-selling author of Blueprint to Business, Ask More, Get More, 5% More, and his most recent masterpiece, Bestseller Secrets. He runs a room and clubhouse sharing the name with that more recent book, and he's the host of the Alden Report podcast. And this man understands succeeding through both grit and integrity. And if you're thinking about publishing a book yourself, he might just know how to help you chart number one on USA Today, the New York Times, and yes, even Amazon. And the craziest thing about all this is I barely even scratched the surface of this man's talents and business acumen. In fact, we've got more on the way about this conversation. Before we get there, of course, huge welcome to Mr. Mike Alden. Thank you so much for being here, my friend. Welcome to Shattered the Mold. Andrew, man, thanks for having me. Uh, super excited to be here. Uh, you know, uh, we've uh, you know we've developed a, a, a very quick uh, friendship in a very short period of time. So I'm excited to be here. You're doing some great things. So thanks for having me, man. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And yeah, we're gonna have to get to that part also. And uh, I know we're gonna talk about connection capital. That's gonna be fun. But first, just because you know we understand copywriting, we understand curiosity gaps. Let's talk about this whole five cent can into a million dollar business bit so that people can get a little context about how your mind works as an entrepreneur. So if I can turn it over to you to let me know what you mean by that specifically, and we'll take it from there. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's funny that that was, um, you know, so as a as a young child growing up the way I grew up, and I grew up pretty tough and surrounded by crime, drugs and violence. And, and I was just, you know, I was poor, plain and simple, you know, a lot worse situations than mine. Uh, but it was tough. You know, my mom's HIV positive, my stepfather died of AIDS, my my father was addicted to coke kid, I grew up in jail for life for murder. My brother uh, is a drug dealer, another brother died of an overdose. Um, and, you know, I could just keep going and going, and going. Um, but, you know, look, again, a lot, of, a lot worse situations than mine. You know, I, I stood in the separate line in elementary school, middle school and high school because my lunch was subsidized by the state, um, you know. And, um, you know, so when you grow up like that, you know, I was talking to someone yesterday. They called it the gift of poverty. I was like, wow, what a great title for a book. There's probably already a book out there called that, right? The mm. gift of poverty. And so when you grow up like that, there's two ways you can go. You can uh, be a criminal <clears throat> or you could try and figure things out like, from an entrepreneurial standpoint. And I did both. I wouldn't necessarily call me a criminal, but, you know, I did things that weren't legal um, at a young age to get what you want, right? And so um, this whole five cent thing was really interesting. So I'm 46 and you know, back in the day, uh, so you had five cent cans, which is still available today, right? But the, uh, the two liter bottles, uh, they were actually 10 cents. 
And so uh, as a young kid, we if we wanted like an ice cream, uh, if we wanted money to buy G.I. Joe or whatever these things that we wanted, um, you know, we you know, you could do the classic paper out, which I did and mow the lawns and all that other stuff. But the interesting thing about cans is a lot of people would throw out their cans and people still to this day still do it. Um, and so when I realized that what we would do is uh, as a young child, uh, like my mom, when we would go to the beach, I would be diving into the trash cans to try and get those five cent cans. Uh, and I remember actually what that was like. I remember the feeling. Uh, I remember the sound of the bees like buzzing over my head. I remember the smell and I remember the looks that people would give me uh, when I was doing that stuff. And it was embarrassing. And um and uh, I still to this day, don't not sure that I've really kind of reconciled that, you know, that feeling. Uh, but I also know to this day, if I hadn't have done that, I probably wouldn't be where I am today because uh, I am a, I do, you know, I do have a big ego and I, I do have uh, a lot of pride. But at the same time, you have to sometimes, you know, like if you want to get what you want, then you need to do things that, you, that are outside of your comfort zone, literally. Uh, outside of my comfort, you know, in a hot summer day inside of a barrel, you know, getting a five cent can. So, so how did that turn into what, what it is today? Well, you know, doing those things with those, those five cent cans and saving money. Like I bought my first bike uh, with those five cent cans. And I had some help. See, my, my uncle actually worked at a car dealership and every couple of weeks he would bring me back these giant bags of cans. My only job was to bring them to the recycler, uh, and then just get, you know, get the five cents. So over time, it took about a year, year and a half, I believe to buy the bike. Right. So I bought the bike. What did I do with the bike? Well, I had a paper route, right? So now that I had a bike with in, in versus walking, now I could actually cover more ground faster. So then I was able to actually get more um, customers, so to speak. Right. And so then you just take that and fast forward it to where I am today. It's that entrepreneurial spirit that started with the five cent cans. So the five cent can didn't necessarily turn into a multi multi-million dollar business uh, overnight, but it did over time from the things that I learned, right. You know, how to, you know, how to get what I want, how, how to, how to, uh, you know, how to ask others as well. Like I would ask others, Hey, you got any other cans? Do you have the, and <clears throat> Andrew today, I'll send you a picture of it. Cause you, you and I text back and forth in my garage right now is a big giant bag full of cans today. I still do it um, because I look at it like, man, like why would anybody throw that out? It doesn't make mm. any sense to me, you know? Uh, like why not just save it? And you know what? I have a young daughter and what we do with, uh, with those cans, we go to the, to the recycling place every you know, couple of weeks and she gets a little annoyed sometimes because there's two ways you can do it. The guys will say they'll hold the bag up and they'll say, oh, it's about 20 bucks or 10 bucks or whatever the number is. And she doesn't believe it. She's like, I'd rather just count them out one by one. I go, okay, cool. Let's do that. You know, and we'll see, you'll know, see how it goes. So I'm teaching her the same values that I learned when I was her age. I love it. You know, what, what a, a lot that I get out of that, I mean, basically at a young age, no excuses, regardless of scenarios. And you basically conditioned yourself from that young age to roll up your sleeves, but also, you know, through that work, it almost happens, hopefully naturally, if people are paying attention, you understand leverage. You understand, okay, now this, mic is, this bike is going to get me here faster, which, by the way, is planting a seed in my mind about other things that are getting me other places faster, whether it's tools, whether it's connections, whether it's resources, whatever it might be. It's basically building on those lessons and making yourself a success. And I love how you haven't forgotten about it. You're not resting on your laurels because I think it's easy for people to <clears throat> they'll achieve a certain level of success and their habits will change. And I mean, it's good when you change it in a healthy way for more leverage, but some people it changes in that they kind of, they lose their edge. And then if they have to get back on their feet, it's harder for them to do. They've got to relearn lessons and they've got to fight through things. And it feels like you don't have to deal with that friction because you're already thriving in the friction and transcending it. Yeah. It's funny you say that, you know, uh, <clears throat> yeah, my life is just constant friction. <laughs> Uh, and the life of an entrepreneur is constantly putting out fires and, um, you know, it gets exhausting sometimes to be candid with you. Uh, but that's also the life of an entrepreneur. It's the life, it's just, it's just life in general. And so when you recognize that you're like, you and I were talking earlier, you're like, Hey Mike, how you doing? I'm like, you know what, man, I'm grateful. Right. You know, and, um, you know, and, and I, and, and I'm happy that I'm here. Uh, I have another day to fight and another day to live another day to do things, but, but it's not always perfect. We're not always having great days. It's not always fun. It's not always easy. That's just life. But being able to recognize that and understand that you are going to have the, that friction, that you are going to have those difficult times and just knowing like, okay, <clears throat> today kind of sucks. 
Um, you know what? Let's make the best of it. Let's let's push forward because tomorrow will be better. So I do know that, and a lot of people, uh, I know that, and I struggle. Okay, and you know, you know, I've written a bunch of books, and you know that, and you've written a great book as well. And like, you know, it 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 um, it's just a part of the evolution of life, whether it be your personal life or uh, as an entrepreneur, you do go through those struggles. But it's being able to recognize that, okay, man. Today is just one of those days, right? It's just mm-hmm. one of those days and I'm going to get through it. And once I get through it, tomorrow is, is a fresh start. And so a lot of people forget that. And what happens is, is it compounds and it gets worse and worse and worse and worse. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, man, I'm having a bad day. It's a bad week. It's a bad month. It's a bad year, you know, and then, and, and, and you can, and then, and then, because it's easy to do, then you can just make excuses for that. You can be like, all right, well, man, I just, you know, COVID, right. Let's take a look. Like everybody, the whole world had a bad so far a year and a half. Right. But don't let that be your excuse because COVID by the way, is the easiest excuse in the world. Right. Yeah. You know, if you if your business failed, which so many did, or if your financial future got destroyed, which so many did, um, it's okay to say, uh, you know, COVID is was the cause of it. When I say it's okay, meaning it's just easy. It's easy right. to say that because no one's going to blame you, right? And by the way, my business, you know, um, like all businesses, we struggled. We, we're still kind of climbing out of some stuff. But if you really want to stay alive, if you really want to continue to live your life and, and uh, the way you live it, well, then you figure it out. We adapt as human beings. And so we're back to that, you know, that, that kid, you know, diving into the trash cans. We need to, fig- I needed to figure out if I wanted to buy that bike, I needed to make some decisions and I needed to do some things that I wasn't necessarily excited about, but I knew that the end result would be the bike that I wanted. So it, it, it's such a simple little kind of, you know, microcosm of, of, of what the real world is like. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting to hear you say that because like when I'm having a bad day sometimes um, and it, you know, comes for me too. here. I'm this law of attraction author. Yeah. I get them too. I'm very strategic in that. Okay. Like as long as this is a bad day, what can I do that I don't want to do that I might as well do it in the middle of today and get it over with. So they don't have to drag me down. So like, even like, I love having these podcast conversations, but I'm still this stubborn moron who hasn't hired people to edit. So I do the editing myself and I don't enjoy the editing process. So sometimes when I'm having a bad day, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to edit three podcast uh, episodes because I'm, I'm a little down anyway. I might as well do something and, and grit my teeth because I'm gritting my teeth anyway. But I, what I also love about your answer, because you're talking about COVID, I took that as, you know what? Until we get out of this, I'm using this as a signal to work on my business. Hours that I wouldn't, hours that I'd honestly, I'd be out on a date or doing something socially. I'm instead redirecting towards my business because what can I do in a healthy way? What can I do that's going to be productive in the face of these limits or restrictions so that I can get leverage on it also? So I love your perspective. I love how, because we're obviously very different people with very different personalities, but we have, um, there's certain tenets that we seem to kind of align with in, in our approach. So I love hearing that come from you, especially knowing that, you know, not to, to blow smoke, but you know, you are a huge success. The things that you do, not only for yourself, but for other people, you help people get number one bestsellers on, on meaningful charts, as I put into, um, it, you know, in the, in the introduction here. And I think, again, that speaks to the fact of rolling up your sleeves and not quitting and just making it work, but also being strategic, strategic and intelligent about it. So um, props to you, my friend, for, for the tools that you're bringing into this. Well, thanks, man. You know, and, and you know, you bring up the, the best all secret stuff and, you know, and you know this too, as well, because, you know, we have a system, we have a methodology that just works, um, you know, but at the same time, you, you, cause you've got the text messages from me. Like I do this for other authors, in addition to our system that we take, it's taken us, you know, seven years to build and, and millions of dollars in a large database. And it just now just kind of works. I'm sitting there on the weekends because, again, you've got the text messages from me like, hey, Andrew, uh, I'm promoting this book for this author. Can you do me a favor? Um, would you take a look at it? Would you be willing to pick up a copy? You know, so I'm doing that myself. And, and I do have some of my team members doing that as well. But like but on top of that, I already knew that we had the numbers to get to the Wall Street Journal in the USA today. Uh, but I was like, well, why wouldn't I ask others to just do this and help and help me as well? You know, so it, it is about being able to, again, back to diving into the, to the trash can, to collecting those cans, sucking up your pride a little bit, right. And asking for help, you go back, which, which is kind of like my first book, ask more, get more. And then the other thing that you'd mentioned too, as well as perspective, right. 
um, you know, that's something that, again, that I think a lot of us lack, you know, we lack perspective, you know, my, um, my bad day is a dream for most people. Yes. And, uh, someone said that to me and it just kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, what are you talking about, man? Like I'm, I'm on the brink. Like my businesses are struggling. I owe all this money. I'm, I'm, you know, and, and there was a friend of mine, uh, who's no longer with us. And he's like, Mike, you'll get through it, man. He's like, you're, he's like, your, your worst day is, 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 is a dream day for most people. And I'm like, I remember where I was. I was standing in my driveway in this beautiful, massive house that I built in a private neighborhood in the same town that I grew up in the projects in. And I'm looking around my neighborhood and I'm like, fuck, I have to put this house on the market. Like I built this massive house and I was at a point where I thought I was going to go under and I had to put the house on the market. Um, and it just killed my ego. It killed me. And I was like, man, this just hurts. Like, and he was like, well, why does why do you care? I'm like, what do you mean? Why do I care? He's like, look, man, you know, one, you have equity in the house Two, If you sell it, you could probably buy a house anywhere in the country that most people again would die to live in. Um, and so it's perspective, man, you know, so as we climb different levels in business and success in life, just recognize that, you know, man, you might have to, like you said, roll up your sleeves and do the shit that you don't want to do in order to get to where you want to go. Hmm. Now through that all, um, it's clear to me you have a recognition of how important it is to have good people in your life. And before we hit the record button, we were talking about connection capital. And I figure just for people listening, because um, I really want them to learn this piece from you, if nothing else, how, how do you describe or define connection capital? And how is it a, a, a contributing factor in your life and business right now? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you hear a lot of people talk about, you know, their network is their net worth. And that's true. And I talk about that in, in my books as well. And, you know, we, you and I met on this app uh, clubhouse, which is just an amazing uh, opportunity. It's changing, it's evolving, but for us, you know, who've been on it fairly early uh, it's been just uh, such a great opportunity to connect with people in a real authentic way, because it's live. That's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is it's your voice, right? So your voice either resonates with people or doesn't. And, and also you're either real or you're not, you know, so you and I, we've talked offline as well. And, and, you know, so if you're real, then uh, you're going to connect with people, right? If you're fake, then you won't. Because, because we have, we have our, our human instincts that just work, whether we know or not, like, you know, your bullshit meter, some, some, some people's bullshit meter might be better than others. But you're either, you know, authentic or you're not. And so when I talk about connection capital, you know, it's actually the title of my next book that's probably going to come out in 2022 sometime. Uh, my entire life has been built based off of the connections that I've had in my network, right? But it's been more than just the network because pe networking um, is a part of it. But connecting is where a lot of people struggle. Right. Mm -hmm. And so and so a lot of people, when they want to connect with somebody, what they do is, is they um, they just go right to what they want. Right. So they want something and um, but they don't try to connect to the person. It's 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 like it's sales one on one. When I sold I sold cars right out of um, right out of college and I, I didn't <laughs> R.A.P.P.O.R.T. Right. <laughs> It's pronounced rapport. Like I, I, I would think I would call it report, right? Whatever, <laughs> you know. So, so like I, I didn't even know what that concept was, and so when we first and and I was when I watched some of the best salespeople uh, that were selling cars, these guys weren't smarter than me. I was in law school. I was a you know was class president in, in college. I, you know I was like you know doing. I at, at that point I felt like I'd done some cool things, and I would watch these guys just crush it. But they weren't smarter than me. Um, they didn't even have college degrees. They weren't, they just, they, they weren't better looking than me. They didn't wear, in fact, the guys that sold the most, and I was a great, I'll tell you, that, you know, I don't think I've ever told the story. There's a guy at the dealership and the guy was a complete disaster. I mean, disaster. When you looked at, him. he was morbidly obese. He was missing teeth, his hair. He had just a little bit of hair left and it was kind of like combed over his breath. Wasn't, I mean, like everything about this guy did not scream success. But he killed it when he sold cars. Hmm. And so w w when, I, when I studied him and when actually w w the general sales manager is the one that kind of brought this up is that he had an amazing ability to connect with people and build rapport really quickly. So when someone would come in to try and buy a car, I mean, his job was to sell a car. He didn't sell them the car he would build rapport with them. He would ask them questions about their life. And then they would ask him about his life. And you know what? You could just tell from looking at him that he had lived kind of a tough life. And he would talk about that stuff and he would connect like a real connection with people. And 
And then I would watch other successful salespeople, same thing. They would talk about things that are unrelated to really what they wanted. And they were building a real human connection. So as human beings, we don't, re- we don't realize this, but it, it, without these connections, we wouldn't be where we're at today. Because you ever wonder why when you walk into a room or you just meet somebody that you quote connect with? There's a whole bunch of reasons why from a, from an actual physiological standpoint, from our anatomy, from our biology, you know, the law of attraction, you know, there are things that happen that just like the way we smell, right. You yes. don't even realize it. Right. And, 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 and the, you know, in the brain waves that actually just come out when we walk into a room, the things that we emit into the ether, right. That then go to you and you don't even realize it's happening. So, so when I talk about connection capital, that's what I'm talking about. So let's network with people. Of course, that's important, but, in order to really grow your net worth, you have to have a real connection with people. And so for me, the way I grew up, you know, we mentioned earlier, the, the gift of poverty, I can mix it up. Uh, in fact, I just did a couple of weeks ago, I was literally sitting on the sidewalk with two homeless guys and just talking to them, bought them coffee, whatever, that doesn't matter. But I just, I was really interested. I was, I was interested in why they were there. Hmm. Not, not, not like, Hey man, like fucking pull yourself up. I was just interested, like what happened? You know, yeah. and, and, and so we just had a conversation, you know, and, and that was it. That was, that was, I didn't have, there was no motive. There was nothing. Yeah. I bought them coffee, but whatever I was, they were, um, and, 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 but then at the same time I can connect with billionaires because I, because, you know, I'm a human being, right. We're all human beings and we all have the same fears and anxieties and thoughts. Uh, and, but and so when we realize that we can connect with each other, that's when things start to happen. That's when things grow. So my entire life, again, my businesses, uh, all started with connection. When I, when I started my businesses, uh, you know, in 2000, when did I start? 2008. Wow. Um, I had nothing. I declared bankruptcy a few years prior to that. Uh, I had some credit cards, uh, had a little bit in my 401k, uh, and I closed it all out and started everything, but I really built it with the connections that I had that I had developed over time as a lawyer working for this other company. And that's really what kind of uh, gave me the leverage, so to speak, to grow my businesses was the, the human capital, the connection capital that I had. Mm, I love that. It's always interesting I, I, when I talk to people and they're like, 2008 was that rough year because it was for me also. So even that, there's always something, but also just to give people, you know, deeper perspective. I owe you a huge thanks and um, a huge bit of gratitude in many ways. But one of the more recent ones is people who've been listening to the show, listen that I, you know, I had Trey Llewellyn on. And the really cool thing is I, through Connection Capital, I mean, I'm a moderator in that clubhouse room. I didn't know Trey. You met Trey. You being awesome brought Trey into the room. And I almost got to piggyback on your awesomeness. I got to piggyback on your connection capital, basically all I had to do was not be a dick and not screw it up. And before I knew it, Trey was, was happy to come on my show. So I think, you know, just to speak further to this, because, you know, you're talking about like, you're talking those bums, you have to actually care. You have to be real. You have to be a good person. But through that, you have that recognition that you're, you're linking up with people. There's going to be a lot of unintended and unexpected benefits that you're never going to orchestrate on your own. Like, getting to get a little bit closer into a room with someone that you didn't even do any legwork to connect with through that. So there's so, to me, hearing you say this, it cascades. It's like a web of when you're just being that person, understanding connection capital and being intentional about being a good person and connecting with others. It isn't just that one person you're connecting with, you're connecting with their network in potentially in some way, shape or form as well. Yeah. And what, what I like about, you know, what's going on in the world today, you know, we, where we met you and I on Clubhouse, which is, the, again, this audio only app. And there's a lot of things out there now that are starting to compete with it, whatever. But 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 the thing is, is that, see, um, I, I guess I would I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I haven't really defined it, but but I, but I, I think I am somewhat introverted, believe it or not. Uh, you know, when I turn it on, I can turn it on, you know, and we're good to go. But a lot of times I just like kind of being by myself. Uh, and I don't necessarily like being at networking events and going to these events and talking to everybody and, and kind of like being on stage, you know, I'm sitting here in an, in an actual studio and, and right behind here is a, is a television studio. And when I, when I turn the cameras on when it's time to, and I'm shaved up and probably a little skinny.
skinnier and, and look a little more professional. So I apologize. I'm just wearing the sweatshirt, but um, you know, then I can, I can turn it on and I can be that guy that I need to be in order to do, in order to get what I, what I need to get done. But a lot of times, man, like I, I'm not really super excited about going to all these networking events. What's great about apps like clubhouse is that you can do it anywhere, anytime. And you don't have to worry about the way you look uh, you don't have to, uh, get dressed. You can do it anywhere. And that's what I love about that app. And so for us to be able to, to develop that connection quickly, which is what I've noticed, not only with you, but with others as well, I've, I've been able to develop a connection quickly with people first, just by talking. And then a lot of times we end up doing like, kind of like what we're doing now. Like I know with a podcast, but sometimes we'll just zoom, uh, for something just totally unrelated and yeah, like Trey Llewellyn. So, I mean, I heard Trey on the clubhouse app and I was blown away with his uh, knowledge in my world, which is direct to direct to consumer stuff. And I heard his kind of his story and I was like, wow, I just want to connect with this guy. And I wanted to connect with this guy because we had, we had similar interests. We had, uh, we were in similar businesses and we also had similar challenges. Like he had some crazy shit happen to him back uh, when he was crushing it uh, with his business. And as did I. And so that, that, that connection was just instant for me. And I was like, you know, he, he's gone through the same pain that I've gone through and I love to just talk to him about it. And when you listen to someone like Trey or others that are even on this app, again, your bullshit meter, you, they either know it or they don't like Trey is the type of person that you can just ask him anything about, you know, copywriting or uh, direct sales. And he knows the answer. Mm. Uh, because he's been through it and he's done it. And so, yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it, it's amazing that you can uh, have the, these connections with people so quickly through apps like Clubhouse because of the authenticity of your voice, uh, your knowledge, and your experiences. Love it. Quick, and quick props. I mean, you know, I see myself as an introvert also. Um, to your credit, you, you run that Clubhouse room so flawlessly. You intuitively know and it rarely happens, but you know when to cut someone off, you know when to let them, you know, you know when to, you know to, to maintain the ebb and flow and the energy and the vibe of the room as it walks through. And I would assume I'm, you know, I'm speaking for you here, but I would attribute that to being so intentional about connecting with others because you get a better baseline of the way personalities are. You get a feel of, okay, this person is going to ramble on for another hour if I let them, or, all right, this person's kind of, you know, wrapping things up. So let's, let's let the person keep going or this person has more to say. Let me ask them another question and see where they go with it. Yeah. You know, it's it, it, so because I have done all those networking things and because I have built a really big network of people that, and, and I have had the dinners and the, in the events and all these other things. Yeah. You just understand, you start to understand human beings. And also uh, you understand, like you said, different personalities and, you know, this, the clubhouse room that we're talking about bestseller secrets, um, you know, I, I, so as a lawyer, so as a lawyer, I am taught to be up on my feet, right? I am taught to get yelled. I'm, I'm, I don't know if you're taught this, but I've been yelled at by federal judges. I've been yelled at by district court judges. I've, I've been asked questions that I didn't necessarily know the answer to, which is a weird spot to be in as a lawyer. Um, uh, but, you know, and then at the same time, I've been on television for the past 12 years, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so I also developed a skill to be able to interview people. Uh, and the way I do it is just kind of like what we're doing right now. There is no... Uh, format, so to speak. It's a conversation. And so when you have that conversation, you can either, like you said, you can either direct the traffic the way you want it to. Um, and if not, you, you're going to, you, they'll end up being a, a traffic jam or a car crash. So you have to kind of just kind of figure that out. So that is a skill that you, that I've developed over time. Uh, but the interesting thing is, is that I never applied it anywhere else other than when I was on TV or my podcast, I've never had, I've never been an MC and had all these different people all, all going at once. And I, and you can tell, I just, I do love it. I mean, our rooms don't get massive, but like I've said a million times, you don't need a massive room to have a, a massive impact. I just love it. And by the way, you uh, jumped in for me one night and did a great job as well. So thank oh, you thank for that. You. Yeah. yeah, it was, it was kind of funny. Like it was very weird to, to be, not only be running it, but to be in that room without you there. So when you snuck in a little bit later, I was like, cool. It feels a little more like home right now. Um, <laughs> But thank you for the compliment. Now, obviously, you know, we're going some really solid directions, you know, in terms of outlook, in terms of philosophy and how that applies to what you're doing. But I also know that, you know, you are very sharp and, and very 
well-versed in on the tactical or strategic side of things as well. And I'm sure people's ears perked up when they're like, okay, this dude knows about book sales. This dude knows about like getting a product out there. What in your opinion do you think are one or two good things that people could know about marketing or know about getting their message or their product out there that they might not automatically be thinking of if they don't have experience with this? Well, I think the first thing is to think about it, right? Because it's the hardest thing to do, right? And, and I'm, so we, I've launched dozens of different types of products in different industries from a daily fantasy sports company to a vodka, to backing an artist, to dietary supplements, the books, uh, and just all these other children's products um, and, and everything, you know, I have a clothing line. And so you have to think about the marketing. You've heard me talk about this on the book side of things. There's so many authors, uh, which, you know, obviously you don't struggle with this, but a lot of authors, they're just authors and they're not marketers. And then, so they, they, they put together this book that sometimes has taken them years to do and they get there and it's a beautiful thing. You've heard me tell the story before and they hold the book and it feels amazing. And they're so excited and they have it in their hand and it's, it's their, 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 their life story. And they just wanted to get it out to the masses but by then it's almost too late because they haven't thought about how do I market the book? You know, how do you, you know, how do you take the, a book about a law of attraction, which there's been dozens of others uh, written about that very subject. How do you take it and then do what you've done? And it's all about the marketing. It's all about what you did and how you, and how you approached it. And so to give you a general answer is kind of hard to do, but I think the first thing is, is to think about the marketing. And then the other part about it is, is to be is try to figure out a way to tell a better story mm-hmm. because because it's already been done right there's like there were people before you and after you and they're going to be after you that are going to be writing about the exact same sh- subject that the, is the title of your book same with my books same one i did stand-up comedy for years and i i ran into a situation where i had this bit and then uh it was in the movie this is 40 like my exact bit and i was like oh my god did I hear, did I hear this in the movie? Cause the movie hadn't even been out yet. Like, where did this come from? You know? And I called up all my comedy friends and they said, Mike, you know, it's already been done. Anything you can think of has already been done. <laughs> and I was like, well, wait a minute. That, that was, that was a true story about my life. Yeah. Well, you know what? Other people have gone through it too. So, so when, when and, uh, I've built, I've built my business hmm. off of um, dietary supplements of ingredients that have been around since the beginning of time. One of them is a joint health product, a, glu- a glucosamine based product. Now you go into GNC and there's 50 different glucosamine products. You go into Walmart, Rite Aid, Walgreens or wherever, and you can, you can look at all these different glucosamine type products. Why are we still, uh, why do we still have one of the longest running direct response ads on television today, still on TV today? Why are we still selling it? Why do we, why, why do we sell it for more? Um, wh- why? Well, we're able to just tell a better story. And so when you think about um, your product, your book, whatever it is, try and figure out a way to tell a better story. And the interesting thing about, um, there's a great book by Cloud Hopkins called My Life in Advertising. Mm. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. read it. Um, I, I'm aware of it. I'm, it's still yeah. on my shelf waiting, but I know so I've it's, it's, to a, it's a short book, but I would totally, I would tell anybody who's in marketing to pick it up. And the interesting part about what this guy did was, I mean, he actually, he, he is the reason why we brush our teeth. It's crazy. Mm. And the book isn't that old, by the way. Um, and, and also, so what he did was, which was genius, which is exactly what we do. And I'll give you like, his a little bit of a secret is to take the obvious I'll give you an example. So all dietary supplements that are sold in the United States have to be manufactured under what they call good manufacturing practices. It's called the GMP standard, right? And so <laughs> our advertisements will talk about that. And they'll talk about the quality of the manufacturer and that they have the GMP standard and that, you know, that they're, they're what they call generally recognized as safe. Like all this stuff that... <laughs> That that is what it has to be in order to sell it. Period. <laughs> like, like you can't like there's there's no there's no way to sell a supplement if they're not generally recognized as safe and if they're not GMP they don't have a GMP rating. It's just if they don't go through certain protocols as far as testing, they all go through it. 
So it's how that. you tell that story, <laughs> you know? It's like yeah. our jeans have two pockets in the front. <laughs> yeah, and so in that book by Claude Hopkins, like, you know, he talks about, you know, if, or if you think about um, Coors Light, right? Um, Coors Light talks about how their product is cold brewed, right? Uh, and Keystone Light had a can that also, uh, it would change. Um, they, they said that the lining in the inside of the can was special. They all have it. They all have the same shit. And so they all have to have it. Pretty much all beer is cold brewed, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and so, but it just became a thing for Coors Light. And everyone's like, oh, I want that cold brewed. I was like, oh, okay. Well, they're pretty much all made that way, you know? So I, I'm not a brewer. I mean, maybe they're, maybe they're made differently now and there's different ways to make beer. But for the most part, everything is kind of made the same way. So how you can tell that story, take the obvious, take the things that, that, that are just, are just a part of just the, 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 the regular process and use that to your advantage. So use all that stuff that's already there. So when I, when, again, when we sell a glucosamine product, like what makes our glucosamine product different? Well, we, it does have a unique selling posi- uh, position. In other words, the glucosamine that we do have is a little bit different. Um, it does have a different uh, mechanism and how it works within the body. Um, and, and, and then it's just the story, right? And so if you, have, if you don't have anything that's like super unique, try to figure out how to tell that story. You know, I had a friend who, who launched um, a shoe business, a shoe company. This is before Zappos. And it was an amazing website. He spent all this money in the website and he had all this inventory and had a warehouse and he had all this stuff. And this is, I don't know, like 20 years ago or something like that. And it was just like, wow, this is, this is going to be it for him. Cool name, everything. But he couldn't get people there. Couldn't get people to the website. He also couldn't get people to buy shoes online. This is pretty kind of early, right? And so he also, he just didn't think about the marketing side of things. So when you're, when you're thinking about your business and your product, think about how you can just tell a better story. Like that's mm-hmm. the secret. It's just about telling the story. You know, there's so much brilliance and insight in this answer that you just provided. And there's a couple of things that I can't even pull out of it. Um, one being, you know, you're talking about the story. And, and another thing I hear from that is, you know, people have to make it about the consumer and not themselves. That story's got to be told with the understanding of how the person's going to receive it. And even, you know, regarding like the book, I mean, some people, a lot of times people ask me like, hey, Andrew, how do you get so many reviews um, versus other people? And there's a number of reasons that I can try to backwards engineer. But one that I've thought of is unlike, sadly, certain authors that just want to put their book out there, they haven't thought of the reader experience. I designed my book to be read from page one to two to three to make this seamless flow because I think part of the thing that contributes to reviews is getting the person to the end of the book. So it's really interesting to hear you talk about telling better stories and I'm telling this, where basically it's about making it about the consumer, having their in mind, their reactions, their thoughts, their feelings, their responses, their buying habits, their uh, psychological patterns in mind as you're constructing your marketing. How does that land for you as I describe it that way? Yeah, no, hundred percent. You know, I just, you know, when you said that, I think of problem solution, right? So that's another key element to, to, to selling a product, right? So everyone has a problem. They're looking for a solution, right? And so, and you're talking about pain points too, like what are the pain points? Like what are people dealing with? Those are also some other key elements to selling, right? So when we go back to my glucosamine product, people are literally in pain, right? And so, and we have the solution, right? And so, but there's a million others out there. There's a million other books out there as well. Like, how can we do that? Well, you know, when people now, so you're talking about now people already have the book in hand, right? And so what's, what's, what I'm guessing for you, what's selling a lot for you right now is the fact that you have so many great five-star reviews already. Um, and you're continuing to kind of leverage that and use that to your advantage as well. So that the social, the social proof is, is a big part of what you've done. Right. But that takes, that takes a lot of work as well. So that social proof is, is, is important, but yeah, you're right. I mean, when I think about when, when I, when I talk about when we're telling the story, like you talked about, like uh, it resonating with the person. So you have to think about it as if you were the consumer, if you were the buyer, right? So we think about that all the time. And I'll, I'll tell you some challenges, even like for our business, like, you know, we, um, you know, we have, I have a testosterone based uh, product that increases your, your testosterone and Andrew, um, I don't take it all the time. So if I don't take it all the time, well, that means my customers aren't taking it all the time. And why aren't they taking it all the time? Well, it's just, there's a whole bunch of reasons why. And so we try to figure that stuff out. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you might not necessarily get to the answer, but to think about it, 
And to think about how to solve that problem is just a part of being in business, you know? Um, and so, but I am the consumer. So when we do sell things or, or um, uh, when we're selling things to other people, we, 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 we put ourselves through the process too. Like I will know that, but another interesting thing, another kind of key thing for, for you to do for your viewers and listeners, if you are in business and you do have a product, have your friends buy the product, whatever it is, and have them actually go through the entire process all the way to returning it. I've done that before with my friends uh, and, and you'll learn a lot of things about what happened. Like this is broken. Well, well I didn't get an email or I didn't, or I got, I got an email and it said uh, that it was uh, shipping when it should have been refunded. Like all these things you might not even necess- necessarily know. So, so that we're there, you can kind of understand the process. Now, Trey, I'm sure he said it on your, on your, uh, on your podcast, but he talked about it on, in our room, bestseller secrets where he went in and actually talked to his customers himself. And ask them questions. You know, it's like when people do surveys. There's a reason why companies do surveys because mm. they're just trying to find out information. I think the greatest way, though, is to talk to your customers. Say, hey, yeah. man, I'd love to just talk to you about, and I do it, by the way. I'll take customer service calls. I'll make, I will make outbound sales calls. I will uh, take inbound sales calls. I will be in shipping. Uh, I will do all the things that you just need to do to understand, you know, what's going on in your business and try and make it a better experience because we can always improve on the experience. Yeah. So really, really well said. Now, one extra piece here, just curious on, on your philosophy and your approach. Obviously I have the luxury of, of knowing you. So I could have gone into this interview cold, but I also just, you know, I also want to uh, do the courtesy of doing a little, light research so that I can prep your intro and, and have a, a better lead into the conversation. I noticed in my research for you as light as it was that, I mean, I know you do um, supplements, but I didn't find where those supplements were. Do you make it easy for people to f- see like I'm Mike Alden and these are my things, or are those things that are kind of separate from Mike Alden bestseller secrets and Mike Allen, you know, ask more, get more. And people would only find out about it through the actual advertising you do for people that don't even know who Mike Alden is. Yeah, it's funny, man, because a lot of people don't know that about me. Um, and, you know, actually, if you look at my profile on uh, Clubhouse, I list the products uh, mm. in my profile. So I, you know, um, you know, I, um, I really love the business of, of dietary supplements, but there's a lot of things that I don't like about it, too. And I just there's a lot of bad people in the, in the world. There's a lot of charlatans in the world. And I've been caught up in that shit. Um, just because because of what we do. But I've been in business for 12 years selling dietary supplements. We have done hundreds of millions in revenue um, and, and in, in that space specifically, right? And so you don't do that by, by running a bad business. But at the same time, that business in and of itself is just, is um, you know, I joke around. I say, you know, so I'll, I'll tell you this. So we do sell a male sexual health product um, that it's been, it's, it's been on for 10 years and it's a great product and it works. Um, we sell on television. Uh, people do actually subscribe to our products. So in other words, they go on auto ship and it's also what they call a card, not present environment. So all of those things in and of itself are high risk, right? So I joke around, I say, you might as well just upsell porn and gambling because that's how I'm treated. And, mm. and so I love um, the business when, you know, when I hear from customers, I mean, look, I've, we've had customers tell us that they couldn't, they couldn't conceive and now they could. And we've had customers say that's, you know, changed their relationships. And then the joint health stuff. I mean, it's crazy, the stories we hear. So I love that stuff, right? Love hearing all that stuff. But, 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 but I don't necessarily like the business side of it because of just all the, all the, 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 the difficult things that we're going through. Like we sell CBD. I was selling CBD in 2016 before anyone knew what it was. Hmm. And, and, and so now everybody and their mother are selling it and, and, and it, and it, you know, the, the, the strong will survive. And so we're still, we're still doing it. And, and, and I like it. And the thing is too, is, is like my life when I was a kid, so I'm a big dude. I was taking ginseng when I was 14 years old, uh, before football practice, you know, I was taking, um, you know, I, I was, uh, you know, having protein shakes that were just disgusting back in the day because I would read flex magazine. So I've always been interested in natural health and wellness. So that's kind of like why I like that, but now transition to where I'm at now in life and business, I love the book stuff because it's what I've done myself and I love helping others for me that is almost, it's more rewarding. People talk about your avatar and like, who do you want to do business with? 
um, you know, it is other like-minded authors that are kind of in the same space as me that are, you know, trying to get the word out, trying to get the masses. Out. I love that stuff because um, I've done it. I've spent millions of dollars trying to figure it out and I've made a ton of mistakes. So I, I just, I'm passionate about talking about it. I'm also, I mean, I could talk all day long about the benefits of dietary supplements and things like that. But this world of bestseller secrets, I really love. And, you know, you'd mentioned earlier, you know, connecting people as well. I, I, I love that because it's just been um, a part of my growth and it's a part of a lot of successful people's growth. So, yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily advertise the whole supplement thing. Um, and I'll tell you one thing, it's kind of a weird, well, you know, it's, it's, it's a weird thing. So, so um, there's a product that we said, it's called Androzine and it's been on TV. It's the longest running, uh, advertisement, uh, in the dietary supplement space, uh, in history. It's still running today. It's been the number one infomercial for, for a bunch of um, time as well. And, um, you know, uh, and then the other one is a joint health supplement uh, called Arthur D and it, and it's built my life, right? It's paid for everything. It pays for my house and my ex-wife and my car, right? And my dog. I mean, it's, it's, it's what our life is about. But I heard some, I heard a family member say to me, cause I've joked around this. I say, Oh man, I sell dick pills on TV. Like I'm mm. a, I'm a joker. Like I can say that I, I joke around with that, but I heard a family member say that also at a family event. And they were telling a story that, and they were joking, but it kind of got to me. And I was like, well, wait a minute. Like everything you have is because of me. And so are you joking or is it like, what do they say? There's a little bit of truth in those jokes. And so the way people perceive me, Andrew, um, uh, I have a problem with that. And that's also one of the reasons why uh, I've written my books, because I'm not just some infomercial guy on TV that sells supplements, right? There's more substance there. I've written a bunch of books. And so people ask me, like, why did you write the books? Well, that's one of the big, big reasons why. Credibility. Right to become a best-selling author multiple times over and books sold all over the world, that opens a lot of doors and that builds a lot of builds a lot of credibility. So um, it's a long-winded answer to your question, but I'm kind of glad you went there because uh, a lot of people don't necessarily know that about me. Now, look, if you had a like right now, I mean, on Clubhouse, I'm vetting a deal right now that's a supplement business that came from Clubhouse. I love the product, love love uh, the story uh, that they have. And, uh, you know, we may do something uh, together uh, with, with that supplement. And I still continue to this day, look for, for good supplements and, and good products. But I need to be able to tell a better story because there's a million greens products out there. There's a million other different types of supplements out there. But I need, I need to be able to tell a better story. Uh, and they need to have a better story so that we can tell it for them. Mm, got it. I'm sure that's um, an interesting, fun process as you discuss, like, because, you know, you're not making up sort of like, okay, what can we pull from your life and, and frame it and, and sort it so that it's, you know, it'll, it'll connect with people. Because a lot of times too, you know, a little, another kind of answer to your question earlier about like, kind of like a marketing thing is the product is almost secondary. Mm. And uh, it's it's more about the story. And so my first infomercial, it's called Arthur D. We shot it in a basement in Gloucester, Massachusetts uh, for $6,000 and literally a basement. The guy said it was a studio. I guess it was a studio. Uh, I'm <laughs> pale. He's orange. You could see the black backdrop. You can see the, uh, we do what they call two shot on the two shot. You can see, you can see my feet, which you never, never want to do. Um, they have what they call, we have what they call jump cuts, meaning I'm looking at the camera and there's actually a cut there and you could see it. There's a split. So it's like a microsecond, but I can see it. So aesthetically and from a cinematography standpoint, it's a disaster. Right. But it's generated over one hundred and fifty million dollars. And why? Um, Because of the story. Right. And and so that's it. So the product itself, um, again, almost becomes secondary. We talked about this a little bit um, on Clubhouse at one point about dry testing. See, a lot of time people do this in the um, uh, in the uh, in the training space, uh, in the in the course space. They say never develop the course before you sell it. Right. It's called it's a dry test because. It, it just might not sell. And so a lot of times we'll create advertisements and the product is, is, is just a, it's a concept. It's an idea. In mm. fact, my first book, Ask More, Get More, which is behind me over there somewhere. Um, it, it started out as an infomercial. We were going to do this whole wealth building thing and that's how it all started out. Right. And so, and then it became something, you know, after that. So think about the story more than the product. People get caught up in the product and people also get caught up in the production value. 
right? Um, you know, right now, obviously we're filming this, but there's also the, the audio as the, the greatest part about the audio is like you mentioned earlier, the editing, the editing is really easy. Like I edit my own stuff sometimes too, for the audio, cause it's not that hard to do. It's the, it's the, the, the video that gets a little bit harder, but you know, it's the quality of this content that really matters. The fact that my, um, and I can see it as I'm talking to you, my camera, like the lighting keeps changing. I don't know why as I'm talking to you, um, it doesn't really matter. Uh, the audio is probably not perfect either. Uh, we talked about that earlier because my microphone was a little screwed up. It doesn't matter. It's hopefully the quality of the content that people are listening to like, oh, cool. Like I heard what he said about that story, or he might pick up the book by Cloud Hopkins, and that might change the trajectory of their business. It's because of the uh, the story that we're telling and not necessarily the production value. What I find interesting is I've been so engaged in this conversation, I haven't noticed the light shifting. And now I'm wondering, people listening to this for the first time, if or at least watching it, if they're gonna be like, oh, I didn't notice that either. I wonder They won't because... notice it. Actually, it's Zoom. And you know what? Honestly, I don't know if it is happening... Uh, as it's recording, I think it's just might be the, mm. the, the, the computer screen, maybe. I yeah, know. I mean, I, I think it is happening. I think I'm just not noticing it because I'm so <laughs> so in there. And I think, I mean, I guess we'll, we'll find out. We'll see people want to comment like, oh, yeah. I spotted it. It was a 24 minutes yeah. and two seconds. Right. But uh, <laughs> so cool. So I love <laughs> where we're taking this conversation. And um, also, you know, I really appreciate, um, I don't know how many people tell you this, how dynamic you are as an entrepreneur being in all these different spaces. And I know um, in a couple minutes, we'll give people what you think are the best links for people to connect with you. But one of them, if I'm not mistaken, is bestsellersecrets.com. Bestsellersecretsbook.com. Okay, good. Thank you for the correction. Bestsellersecretsbook.com. I should know because I put book in my (laughs) URL also because I need to. So bestsellersecretsbook.com. That's going to go where people could check out bestseller secrets. And I'm going to Try to pull a little value. What's one bestseller secret that you feel comfortable sharing that we haven't spoken about yet? Hmm. Let, let me think. Um, you know, so it goes again. It's a bit of a general answer to your question. It, it ties back to pretty much everything that we've talked about. It's it's more a, the it, as an well. First of all, if you do go to bestsellersecretsbook.com, right? We're not. We're, I'm not. We're not. We weren't here to try and sell anything. But if you go there, I uh, I do give it away for free. You do pay a processing fee. It's twenty seven thousand words. Uh, it's a downloadable uh, ebook, uh, and it's a it's a bit of a tactical guide. It, it is a tactical guide on I mean, everything that I've done up until this point to to market and sell books, like literally everything. And and I've spent millions of dollars doing it, and people pay me five six figures uh, to actually market their books for them if they're trying to hit some some of these lists. But everything is in there that I've done, and that I do for others as well. The challenge is, is that most people, one, they don't have a database like we have, so you just can't do it. You can try, but you just can't. Um, and, and two, they just don't want to do it, right? And so, mm-hmm. so what I would say to people, honestly, is 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 think about the marketing first. Think about the second that you write your book, the second that you type the first letter uh, character on that page. Think about what you're going to do within that book to use that as your marketing, right? And if you look at guys like Grant Cardone, so my last book, Blueprint to Business, you know, I created a hashtag for that because I saw the hit that Grant Cardone had done that with bestseller secrets. Uh, you know, I did the same thing. Uh, I have, a, you know, some interactions with celebrities here and there that I intentionally put into the book so I could use their name to talk a little bit about that and leverage, you know, their, their celebrity status. This, you know, there's a fine line of doing it, but you know, so things like that. So, so really the secret is to think about the marketing now, like the be at the beginning. Now, let's say you're beyond that process. So let's say it's you know it, 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 it's too late. Well, then you have to then say to yourself again, how can I differentiate my book, the last law of attraction book you'll you'll ever need to read? Like how do I mean how do you do that? Well, again, you have to step back and like you said, think about you know, what do people want? You know, what are they going to experience and how do I make that better for them? And how do I make it so that they're they do want to pick up the book? Because a lot of times the books too, books are work. So one thing I realized with books, someone else mm. said that to me, I think it was actually Perry Belcher. I think he said it on Clubhouse, books are work. You got to do stuff. You got to read it. And even if you read it, you know, so like, like this book right here, ask more, get more. Right. So the title's awesome. Right. And I, and yes. I joke around and I say, I say, and the cover's awesome and everything about it, I think it's awesome. Right. But, but if you don't do it, then it's not going to work. 
And so you have to do the stuff. And so, so as a, as a marketer um, and an author myself, I tell people as an author, switch it around, become a marketer first, then an author. I think that's one of the biggest secrets. And then, and then all these other things, these hacks and things like that, that I talk about in the book, um, you know, pretty much, pretty much anybody can do if they want to spend the time uh, and the resources. I, I think, I think that, I think that's really the answer for people. Start to think about the marketing early. Um, and if, again, if it's after, that's okay. You could still do the marketing after. You just need to come up with a, a plan and then execute it. Love it. And I recommend people check out bestsellersecretsbook.com and, and see what you got going on there. Nothing else to just see how you, how you even structure the offer right now to giving it away for free. Um, but also I would hope people buy it and, and use it because uh, in my opinion, you're brilliant. But besides that link, if people want to connect with you, what is the best link or links for them to do so? Yeah, so they could just go to MikeAlden.com. It's M-I-K-E-A-L-D-E-N.com. Uh, I'm pretty active on Instagram, and my Instagram is at MikeAlden2012. It's when I got onto Instagram. That's pretty much all of my handles everywhere. Uh, if you're on Clubhouse, it's just Mike Alden. But for the most part, it's it's Mike Alden 2012. So that's YouTube, that's Twitter, that's Instagram, that's TikTok, that's Facebook, that's everything else. Um, because there are a few other Mike Aldens out there. So if you Google Mike Alden, I might not be the first thing that comes up. So, uh, but if you do go to MikeAlden.com, that's where you can find uh, find out more information about me. And all those links are there as well. Awesome. And uh, I know people are going to be before long learning about a uh, connection capital, also correct. Yeah, absolutely. So that's my latest book. Again, we mentioned earlier that I have uh, coming out um, and uh, we get some pretty cool stuff going on with that. We do have, uh, you know, uh, a website that that is going along with it. It's connectioncapital.com and it's C-O-N-N-E-X-T-I-O-N capital.com. Uh, and there's a reason why we, we have the X one, because one, we couldn't get connectioncapital.com, but we're trying to, but the other part, uh, is, uh, you know, I am an attorney by trade. And so when you talk about intellectual property, um, and I talk a lot about that in my last book, blueprint to business. So C O N N E X T I O N capital.com connectioncapital.com. Awesome. Well, I'm glad I asked, cause I'm going to remember to put that in with the other links. Um, and I'm sure people have a really awesome book around that to look forward to next year. Um, this has been awesome. Before we go, one final question I always love to ask my guests. Um, this is going to be really interesting coming from you, who's uh, never been I'm afraid nervous. to roll up their sleeves. I'm nervous. <laughs> if you can go back five years, 10 years, 20 years, 25 years in the past at any point and give any version or younger version of you any piece of advice, whether it's life advice, business advice, or otherwise, what's that one piece of information that you would want to impart to that previous version of yourself? Well, see, I've always been a person that always just does it, you know? So, you know, a lot of people say they're going to do things. I, I've always been the person like, okay, I'm going to do it. <laughs> so, so I'm not going to say just do it, which a lot of people say, but I'll say in business, I say one of the biggest things that one of the biggest mistakes that I've made is really paying attention to the numbers and paying attention to profit. Um, see, I, I, I've been a, uh, I'm, a, I'm a very generous person and, and sometimes to my own fault, right. To my own, literally to my own financial detriment. And so, so as a business owner, you know, Kiyosaki talks about this, you know, pay yourself first, that mentality. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think in order to really thrive in business, uh, there's a couple things. And Kevin Harrington talked about this as well. Uh, when he, Kevin and I are friends, he was on my podcast, he talked about this as well, but which is capital, like whatever it is you think you need, you probably need more. Uh, and, and then also profit, right? I, I was in a, I was at this um, dinner in Miami with literally a billionaire. And a uh, guy was from Brazil and, and it's a long story, but I said, you know, man, I said, you know, I've always had a problem with profit. I can't spell that five letter word. And, and the guy who works for me has been with me forever leans into me and he goes, you realize it's six letters, right? <laughs> so I, can, I can't even, I can't even spell the word profit, you know? So, so I would, I would really, and, and at, at 46 years of age, um, and being in business for a long time and employed a bunch of people and had a lot of peaks and valleys. And I talk about you know, over 300 million in revenue. Um, if I were smart, I would have 30 million, but I don't. And mm. it's because I didn't think about the profit and uh, I didn't, I wasn't really paying attention to my numbers. And it's really hard as a young entrepreneur, because when you see the type of revenue that we were doing, when you see that cash coming in so quickly, that cash coming in doesn't necessarily mean that it's your money, right? And so, uh, so pay attention to the numbers, think about your profit, because long-term, that's really what matters. Because if you don't have that profit, then you can't build that business. You can continue to borrow money, which I've done throughout the years, and you go into debt. And that just sucks. I mean, you're going to carry debt no matter what. 
but I hate it. Like I hate carrying debt. I'm, I still carry debt today. Um, I've had a lot more in the past, but think about the profit and think about the capital that you do need to start and fund the business. Well, lastly, I've, I've bootstrapped my entire life and that's a struggle, man. And, 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 and struggling is a part of life. But if I had had money in the beginning, I think things would be a lot easier. So what did I do? I leveraged my connection. So i.e., connection capital. So if you don't have money, you can, in fact, leverage the relationships. Think about your capital. Think about your profit. And then also think about your relationships. Because if you don't have the capital and you don't have access to capital, well, you know, think about how you can connect with people and then grow your business from there. Hmm. Brilliant, insightful stuff. A lot of people, they, they never really think about their margins and they really should. So thank you for that. And thank you, Mike, for just coming on, sharing your time. I know you're a busy guy and uh, I really appreciate this. And I know, I knew when I asked you, I knew that you were going to drop some value bombs for my audience. So I hope they're listening really closely and I hope they will rewind on YouTube or, or wherever they are and rewatch and, and get some more out of this because uh, this is awesome. So thank you so, so much for coming on today and sharing your wisdom. Thank you, sir, man. Appreciate you. Mike, thanks again for that amazing, amazing interview and for sharing your insight. Guys, I'm going to leave all of his relevant links both at shatteredamodepodcast.com where this episode resides or the description of the YouTube video if you are watching it in video format. And while we're on the topic of links, quick reminder again, you can check out my book, The Last Law of Attraction Book You'll Ever Need to Read by going to lastlawofattractionbook.com or my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Andrew Cap. Uh, with that said, thanks as always for listening. Stay tuned for more awesome guests and have yourself a great day. I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Shatter the Mold at www.shatterthemoldpodcast.com. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold.